You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and this episode updates that good old saying, happy wife, happy life. Because after hearing this chat, you'll understand why that proverb, is that even a proverb, should really be happy cycle, happy wife, happy life. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. While we're on the topic of making healthy eating a whole lot less hellish, although that's what we're always on the topic of here on the Party My Plants podcast, one of my favorite essential non-healthy healthy staples, as you probably know by now, is Amazing Grass Greens Powder. And I am so excited that Amazing Grass is sponsoring this podcast episode. I truly, honestly, wholeheartedly adore Amazing Grass's amazing grasses, which I'm sure you're well aware of if you follow me on Instagram. Their green superfood powders are an insanely tasty blend of nutritious greens, phytonutrient-packed fruits, veggies, grasses, digestive enzymes, and probiotics that I can't and I don't want to live without. And it just so happens that one of the kitchen tools I'm going to outline in today's episode is the vehicle through which I enjoy amazing grass. Amazing. To make Amazing Grass even more amazing, they're offering Party in My Plants podcast listeners 40% off. Yes, 40%, not just some measly 10%, 40% off. That's almost half off your Amazing Grass order. If you go to their website, amazinggrass.com, and use coupon code PLANTPARTY40 at checkout. That's PLANTPARTY40 at checkout on amazinggrass.com. My guest today is a master of Chinese medicine and acupuncture. Heidi Brockmeyer is a fertility savior. And to quote my own words that I actually said in this episode, Heidi will give you a nudge in the right uterus direction. It is freaking fantastic how Heidi has focused her efforts, her passion, and her brilliance towards fixing issues around fertility. As of this recording, she's helped hundreds, if not thousands of women and couples become conception success stories using Chinese medicine techniques. And if you're not itching to get knocked up anytime soon, don't skip this chat. Because as Heidi explains, and as I have her reiterate a dozen times in this conversation, anything that makes you more fertile also makes your cycle healthier in general, which makes you happier overall. So baby on the brain or not, this is a chat to not be skipped like your period of birth control because you're going on vacation. Not like I know anything about that. Okay, bye. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the Party in My Plants podcast. Thank you for having me, Talia. I'm super excited to be here. That was a very enthusiastic welcome on my behalf here. <laughs> I don't know what's gotten into me. Must be your San Diego sunshine radiating through the microphone here because you've got me lit up. Uh, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to give you some sunshine. Well, I'm excited to chat because A, we haven't covered fertility on this podcast whatsoever. And B, it's fun because you said you've never been on a podcast that's not about fertility to begin with. So I feel like we're both kind of in this sweet spot right now. And I'm excited to dive in and talk about fertility. Awesome. Me too. So you're a fertility acupuncturist, correct? 
Yes, I'm a fertility acupuncturist, and I also have an online fertility program where I teach Chinese medicine tools to help women be more fertile and conceive their babies, because the misconception is that Chinese medicine is only acupuncture, but that's just one of the the tools in the toolbox. That would be like defining Western medicine as uh, like vaccinations only or, or something. So, but most people you know, if you think of a Chinese medicine practitioner, the title is acupuncturist. Yeah. Um, but there's so much more to Chinese medicine and there's so much more that the lay person can learn about and use in their daily lives to take control of their health in all aspects, of course, not just fertility. Cool. Okay. I can't wait to talk about all of it, but first I feel like it'd be appropriate to hear how you got into this. I mean, you were just telling me you grew up in Rochester, which is not, to my knowledge, a thriving Chinese medicine mecca. (laughs) So how did you discover this ancient healing modality? Or you wouldn't even say that. You'd say ancient school of medicine. Yeah, the first school of medicine. So how did you find this and find your way into fertility? How did this all begin? Sure, absolutely. And it's so funny that you say that because Rochester actually now is a thriving mecca. No, really? (laughs) Well, there's an acupuncture school that opened up there the same year that I moved out to California, which we were just talking about 16 years ago to pursue um, my training out here, which is where it first began in California. But there's a chiropractic college and then they added an acupuncture program. And so now there's actually a plethora of Chinese medicine practitioners in that wow. area of well, New York. Well, I stand corrected. Sorry, Rochester. <laughs> I apologize for thinking otherwise. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I was actually introduced to acupuncture around the age of 12, because I have a cousin who's now he's been a practitioner for probably something like 30 years or more. And he, you know, he's from California, he's from Northern California, and he came to visit one summer. And he he was like, I'm gonna give acupuncture to anybody who wants it. We are like, whoa, what is this strange, you know, exotic medicine, he's gonna put needles in us. And he treated a couple of my cousins for smoking addiction and I remember that just being like super relaxed and then he stuck a needle on me and my my cousin and we were just kind of like giddy you know with excitement like oh my gosh there's a needle sticking out of us that's so funny because most people are more like acupuncture don't even come close to me with a needle please like it's so funny that you and your whole family were like woohoo stick a needle in me (laughs) Yeah, well, we, you know, my Californian cousins always seem so cool to me. They like brought, <laughs> you know, interesting things from foreign lands. Like and avocados. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sunshine. <laughs> so I just thought it was pretty cool. And I guess that planted the seed um, that, first of all, it's it's an option as a career, because back then it's not something that you would even consider yeah. as a career path that kind of planted that seed. And I was just always open to the idea of other methods, I guess, for for healing things, even though I had no idea how it worked. Mm-hmm. And then when I was after I graduated college in my 20s, I moved to Korea and I taught English there for a year. And something inspired me to take this distance learning herbal studies course. This is before the internet was exactly what it was. And you would never take anything by mail, <laughs> but I like took an herbal studies course by mail what? and something like just mail, like, like in, like you would yeah. mail, like it was a virtual class, but you would get mailed assignments and then mail them back. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I know oh, it sounds so ridiculous. Now. It sounds <laughs> and absurd. I was in Korea and the school was in Oregon. What? So <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> but something clicked when I took that class and I just I was just like, wait a minute. You can get medicine from, you know, mother nature. Just we can cure colds and do this and that just by drinking teas and taking herbs like that's amazing Mm -hmm. and now it's just kind of like a duh but it just I don't know it was it was really an epiphany and I became obsessed with learning about herbs and I would go to the Chinese herbal markets and I didn't know what any of them were at that time because the Chinese herbal markets it's the same herbs in Korea that that you would find that are used in Chinese medicine and they would just have like all these stores with barrels out front and tons of herbs and, and they're called weird things like Wu Ting Lang. I just made it. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that a thing? I don't know. I feel like I, that's actually one. Like that. That. Isn't that a thing? I don't know. I take <laughs> I take an, a Chinese medicine herb supplement, and I feel like it starts with Wu Ting. But you know, whatever. Maybe that was cultural appropriation. If so, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, you're fine. Maybe it is Wu Ting. I don't. <laughs> or maybe you're like kind of combining it with like Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, God. so I, I would love to like comb those markets and then, you know, there'd be old men sauteing millipedes, which is probably the most, one of the most foul smells I've ever smelled as sauteing millipedes oh. or, um, you know, like they'd have dried seahorses and they'd say, Oh, it's, you know, it's like Viagra. <laughs> and, and we thought, yeah, sure it is. That's just how you sell dried seahorses. But then later in my training, I found out what the millipedes are used for and that seahorses really can help with impotence. <laughs> wow. So that's how it all began. That's amazing. That's so funny. You just kind of followed this inkling of curiosity and it, I guess it it was your calling. Yeah. Yeah. And so when did the fertility aspect come into play? Well, when I was in school for acupuncture, I got pregnant with my son, who's now almost 14. And, you know, a lot of a lot of us in acupuncture school end up getting pregnant because we go off of our birth control because we're like, ah, hormones, they're not good for our bodies. And then we become pretty fertile because we're getting acupuncture and taking herbs and, you know, like incorporating all this stuff that we're learning. And then it's like, oops. That is so funny. Everyone's just (laughs) knocked up in acupuncture school. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not the only one that happened to. That's hilarious. (laughs) And, uh, but I used Chinese medicine to support my pregnancy and natural childbirth. And, um, I've used it for my son, like various health issues he's had here and there. And, um, but certainly, you know, becoming a mother during that time obviously made a huge impression and, you know, he became my, my reason for doing so much, you know, and, when I graduated from school, I, I always knew that I wanted to use my training to help to, for women's health issues because, you know, just like dealing with our periods alone, um, Chinese medicine can do so much, whereas Western medicine is pretty much like, well, we'll put you on this hormone, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all there is to it. And 
So when I graduated, I just contacted this clinic that seemed really busy. And I was like, hey, do you need another acupuncturist? Because there's no jobs waiting for you when you graduate from acupuncture school. Nowadays, there's probably more. But at that time, there was hardly any. And by some miracle, she was like, that's so weird. I was just going to look for someone today because I'm going on maternity leave. And, you know, we're a fertility practice. You know, let's interview you. So I was just like, all right, that sounds great. I also really wanted to, one of the things I wanted to focus on was helping people with their emotions because Chinese medicine is so great at, you know, helping depression and anxiety and stress. And I felt that that was a a strength of mine. So fertility kind of incorporates all of that. Um, You have women's health and then, you know, just like kind of the sacred path for those that are called to it, um, of being of parenthood. And, um, and then also it's just such an emotional journey for women who are struggling to conceive. So it's, you know, holding the space for women on this really, you know, trying journey. And also the, the patients are so wonderful that, um, like fertility patients, they're so smart and they're just, I mean, I've just met such amazing accomplished women who are so dedicated and they're just so compliant. So, you know, sometimes you, you get patients and they're like, oh, I have this issue, but then they don't really want to do anything. They're not really committed. And it can be kind of difficult to work with patients, obviously, that kind of want you to do everything for them. And they're not really interested in changing anything that's in addressing the root cause. It's just kind of like, ah, you know, I don't, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just enabling you then in some sense. So it was a combination of all those things. And again, it just sort of what was it calling it called me and invited me, hey, how about fertility? And I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. Wow. So I loved it right away. That's awesome. That's so cool. So talk to me about the, you know, Chinese medicine and fertility. Like why? I mean, I think, I think, think that it has become common knowledge that acupuncture specifically can be very helpful for pregnancy. I, I, I think that people are learning that to ease, you know, the pain of birth, I believe, to maybe even um, start labor. I don't know if that's correct. And I know that people mm-hmm. are talking about that it helps with infertility to, you know, help you become more fertile. Talk to me more about like what other aspects of Chinese medicine are helpful for fertility. So as far as fertility goes, what I teach women is that the first step to becoming more fertile and being ready for pregnancy is to have a healthy cycle. And by cycle, I don't just mean like your period, but day one of your period through ovulation, through after ovulation up until day one of your next period, like the full cycle. Because if your cycle is really irregular, you're having really painful periods or super heavy bleeding or a lot of spotting or any of these, you know, kind of red flags throughout your cycle, then that's an indication that your reproductive cycle is just, it's not primed for pregnancy. It's not, or even if you're not trying to get pregnant, it's just, you know, our natural state during our fertile years is to be fertile. So even if you're not trying to get pregnant, you still basically want to be fertile as an indication of your health. And for women, of course, our, our whole health and, and our mental emotional health is also so dependent on the health of our reproductive cycle. So 
I basically teach women how to kind of like track their cycle, but not just tracking it in terms of am I ovulating now or not ovulating now, but tracking it in terms of, okay, at what point in my cycle am I having symptoms? Do I always get headaches right before my period or do I get them right after my period? Am I getting digestive symptoms throughout my whole cycle or at this point or that point? Um, Because the beauty of our cycle for women compared to men is that we can get so much information from our periods and from our cycle about our whole health. And therefore it's like, you know, biofeedback essentially and, and what we can do about it. And so besides just going to get acupuncture, there's ways you can adjust your diet, of course, as you know, but there's also like specific Chinese medicine, dietary recommendations to support your cycle and your health. And you can give yourself acupressure. That's what I teach specifically have a strong focus on in my programs is um, acupressure protocol. So you can stimulate the points that your acupuncturist would put a needle in. You, you can stimulate that those same points with your fingers or even using like a dull rounded rock or some kind of tool like that. So you can have an effect on the energetic flow throughout your acumeridians um, yourself. You don't, not just using an acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, you can um, affect your chi, your energy flow, your health through meditation, of course, and through exercise. And there's specific techniques that are Chinese medicine based for uh, directing your energetic flow. Um, so these are some of the core principles. There's also some other therapies called moxa. I don't know if you've ever heard of moxa. I don't think so. So moxa is it's warming an herb. It's called mugwort is the common name of the herb. It's it's a weed that mm-hmm. grows all over the place and and it's rolled into you buy it like pre-rolled in these um they kind of look like big cigars and <laughs> you and you light it like you would a cigar and then you hold it over certain areas of your body or certain specific acupoints and to warm up those points and it's also being infused by that particular herb the properties of that herb and so it helps to kind of move blood so if there's any stagnant blood in the area it can be really good for injuries it's also good for a lot of reproductive issues and so wow. forth so i teach how you can use that technique as well. Cool. So all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Am I correct in assuming then that if you have a healthy cycle, and I would love for you to, you know, kind of define what that is in a sec, but if you have a healthy cycle, then you're also for like in a healthy fertility state of mind or state of being like, do those two go hand in hand, having a healthy cycle and being nice and fertile? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I I mean, of course, there are some exceptions that you could have, you know, as far as you could tell, you could have a perfect looking cycle. And maybe you have, you know, a tube that's blocked, but even usually with a blocked tube, there's other accompanying symptoms. So for the most part, they go hand in hand. Healthy cycle equals fertile AF. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Bumper sticker for you. So, okay, then what is what I mean, periods are totally whack. Like what does constitute a healthy period and what should people be looking for? What should they not be looking for or looking for that indicates I don't have a healthy cycle? Sure. Yeah. So, we'll begin with the period. So, a healthy period you should have like 
substantial flow for at least two days, two to three days, or maybe two to four days, substantial, you know, not where it's like gushing and you can hardly keep up with it. You know, you're like leaking through a super tampon and pad that would be too heavy. Um, or it's light that you could get away with just wearing a panty liner or, you know, like not change, just putting a tampon in and like a light one or medium and not changing it all day long. That would be, um, too light. So, you know, a moderate amount of flow where there's, there's substantial flow, but it's not like an alarming amount. And the color of the flow should be, um, like a fresh red color for the most part. Of course, it's normal. It's, most women's periods aren't going to start just like a beautiful fresh red and then boom, just end a beautiful fresh red that does like it might be a little bit darker at the beginning or it might, uh, you know, as it tapers off, it might be a little darker. But for the most part, uh, like a fresh red color as opposed to um, a dark red, maroon, brownish, blackish, purplish. If it's If it's darker, then that would be an indication of you know, a lack of circulation, some stagnant tissue that maybe your your uterus is not flushing itself out as thoroughly as it should be mm. each cycle, or, you know, you might have some polyps, some toxic buildup and so forth. Now, you know, it's, we're never perfect, right? So we're trying to maintain an overall balance. So you might have one cycle where you have a bit darker flow or there's, and clots as well. Clots are also a sign and it's normal to have, you know, a few small clots or, you know, a larger clot here and there, um, you know, every once in a while in your period. So we're looking at an overall kind of like quality of period that you want to maintain. But again, it's never going to, it's not like, oh, I got a clot this month. Uh, you know, I should freak out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, it, you know, clots aren't necessarily a bad thing because maybe that you introduce some things in your routine that are, you know, dietary changes or acupressure, acupuncture, whatever it may be, herbs that are kind of cleaning your uterus out. So you might get more clots at that time. But, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, generally speaking, on an ongoing basis, you don't want to see a lot of clots, you want the, the flow to be kind of um, thicker than water, but mm -hmm. not clotty, not tissue, not mucusy either. Got it. And you also don't want it to be too watery. If it's too watery, or if the color is more like a, a pinkish color or pale, then that could be what we would call blood deficiency. So there isn't enough, like the quality of your blood is lacking. There's some deficiency in your body so that the uterine lining isn't as like lush and healthy as it can be that it's, it's actually like diluted when it's, it's cleansing itself out. So that watery or pinkish color would be an indication of that. So would you say then that the first, if somebody is starting to think about getting pregnant, the first thing they should do is just really observe their period and just, you know, kind of see if it would classify as, as healthy based on how you just described it. And if there's anything that doesn't match the description you just said, then, you know, start to seek some acupuncture or, you know, acupressure or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I wish that this would be step one, just like mainstream as like standard protocol that when you go to your gynecologist and you're like, We're, uh, we want to start trying to conceive or we've tried for like two or three months and nothing's happening yeah. that gynecologists and physicians would be like, okay, well, let's have you go and use Chinese medicine first 
but so that you we can prevent you from if possible from having to put medication in your body or more invasive procedures. I mean, Uh sometimes it's totally appropriate to use fertility treatments, but obviously I think most women would rather avoid them if they could. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, you're missing this like really important step here because why not try to get the body in the state it should be in first and foremost before going on to more drastic measures. But that's just not a tool they have in their toolbox. And obviously they're not quite, you know... Open to it. Yeah, or in the know. and Yeah. I am so excited about this episode sponsor. Same way as I get so excited when it's 2 o'clock and I worked through lunch and I need to eat something or else I'm going to wind up eating Tommy's food. Tommy's my dog. And I open my freezer and I see, voila, some daily harvest cups. Thank the plant party heavens for Daily Harvest and their frozen plant epicness. I was admittedly skeptical of getting frozen smoothies and veggie bowls delivered to me when I can easily make all that stuff myself. But the thing is, when we can't, many of us like to pay for convenience. I mean, think about the car wash. You can wash your car yourself. Or a treadmill. You can run outside in the rain or snow full free. Same deal with Daily Harvest. Sure, you can rummage through your freezer, fridge, and pantry and blend up a superfood smoothie yourself. And absolutely, you can chop kale, shred some Brussels sprouts, and whip up a clean, spicy almond, sesame, ginger, lime sauce. But like, Daily Harvest helps you do that in less time than it takes for me to tell you all this. By emptying one of their pre-portioned cups into a saute pan or a blender, you can have a plant party meal a minute later. Hence, Daily Harvest saving my many, many days. Do yourself a favor and get the D-Harvest shot, okay? Just go to daily-harvest.com. And if you use code PARTYINMYPLANTS at checkout, you will get three cups, uno, dos, tres, for free on your first ever order with them. So yay, 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 yay. That is daily-harvest.com. And use code PARTYINMYPLANTS for three free cups of life-saving plants. So why is acupuncture a great tool? Like what would be your argument for somebody who is in the exact scenario you you just described, who's been trying for a few months and are about to go to the doctor to talk it through. And then you say, no, but wait, try acupuncture. This is why. How would you say why? Well, and especially for women who are coming off of birth control, which is really quite common, obviously, you know, you're on birth control pill up until you're like, oh, I want to start trying now. And uh, the birth control pill has such a drastic effect on the body's fertility and not necessarily long-term. For some women, it can have a longer-term effect, but certainly just getting off the pill and, and depending on how your body reacts to it and how long you've been on it, but, you know, when you, or not just the pill, any kind of hormonal birth control, um, you know, for any woman who's been on it, you know that your periods are really light or they're, um, you know, you might not even get them at all. So that's just an indication of the the fact that circulation has been inhibited. The flow to your uterine lining is inhibited. So you're having these really uh, light periods. And so your uterus is not even quite ready to actually support an implanted embryo. 
And then it's your body's also been hormonally manipulated all however many months, years, et cetera. So it first of all needs some time to get back into its own rhythm and very often really needs help. So that's where Chinese medicine comes in and it can give your body the support it needs to build up that healthy uterine environment again, as well as get back into a natural rhythm. And what I've seen a lot in my 10 plus years of practice is that women get off the pill. They're, they may not even be ovulating on their own. Um, then they're just like, I've been trying and nothing's happened. They go to the doctor and the doctor is like, well, we'll, we'll give you Clomid or uh, another fertility drug and we'll force you to ovulate. And that doesn't work because they're trying to get water from a stone, but they're, they're so hormonally off that they're still unable to mature a healthy egg for ovulation. And, and then they're like, oh, well, that didn't work. So the only thing we can recommend now is that we do IVF. And these are women that are oftentimes in their late 20s or early 30s even. Mm-hmm. And so then they're, you know, they're putting more drugs on top of more drugs into their body that never got a chance to even reset itself after coming off the pill. And then, you know, $30,000 later, however much longer later, maybe they get pregnant. But wow. Yeah, you didn't even give your body a chance. But with Chinese medicine, in three to six months, they could get pregnant naturally, which is also just, you know, the preferable experience. Yeah, totally. So (laughs) how long, if somebody does go off the pill, you know, and I don't know if you can answer this, maybe it's different for everybody, but how long should it take, could it take for your body to, you know, start doing, making its own healthy cycle and period after coming off the pill? Well, without the help of um, Chinese medicine, it really depends. You know, um, it may not like it. I, I don't know. That sounds so like scary to say. It may never, but it may not because. <laughs> but, you know, it may never. <laughs> but it may never. But it may never because you're older. You know, who knows what other lifestyle things are going on? You know, maybe you're overworking. Maybe your nutrition's not great. So maybe you have all these other complicating factors as well. That's your body doesn't have what it needs to get back on track. You know, if you were to go off the pill, say when you're 23 and your cycle was, you know, fine when you went on the pill, then maybe after, I don't know, three months or six months, it'll get back on track. You know, I would say minimum of three months, but often the case is you're getting off in your thirties. You know, I mean, I've had a woman get off the pill after being on it for 20 years, and she was 42, wow. she was a surgeon herself. And she tried, she did IVF and with like, you know, her colleague who's like the best ever and it the IVF didn't work. They couldn't get any eggs from her. He was like, you have to use a donor egg. So she was like, I don't want to use a donor egg quite yet. So then she came to me and then she got pregnant naturally in two months. Wow. After just two cycles. So her oh body her case just really needed that support. You know, and the thing is a lot of women are put on the pill when they were in puberty or like 15, 16 years old to regulate their period. So their period never even had a chance Mm -hmm. to regulate on its own. And, and it was, and so the treatment for that, whether they were, you know, like maybe painful periods or heavy periods or whatever. So you might be dealing with that as well. So how specifically does acupuncture help? Like, what did you do for that woman who had been struggling? Like, what is it about acupuncture that seems like this miracle solution? Yeah. And I, I mean, she's not necessarily the norm for a 42 year old, but there are 
there's a lot of miracles that do happen with acupuncture, both, you know, in fertility and lots of other areas as well. So the basics of Chinese medicine, it's a holistic medicine. So it's not, not everybody is treated the same. So you could have three people who come into the office for headaches and, you know, we don't just say, okay, well, here's the headache treatment. That's more of like the, the Western approach. Here's, here's our headache treatment. But it's like, well, the reason that you have a headache could be completely different from why she has a headache and he has a headache. So we have to look at like the underlying pattern of what's going on here. So, you know, but then there are, in the case of fertility, there are a lot of common things for women. There's a lot of common focuses too across the board. Um, so in her case, though, like I said, because she had been on the hormones for so long, she we really needed to balance our hormones. And then she just had a lot of stress as well. I mean, she was a surgeon. She was also pretty depleted. It's a pretty taxing job. She said that she would have surgeries where she would have to hold uh, patients' intestines in her arms for like 12 hours straight while they were being, (laughs) yeah, I was like, oh my God, that's definitely like not the glamour stuff that you see. That's not some Grey's Anatomy stuff. Oh my God. So that's just exhausting. I I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm napping thinking about it right now. (laughs) And I think my job's exhausting. (laughs) Sitting here with no bra, like talking to you on Skype. So Talia, Reality check. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can imagine how like your back would hurt oh after all that time. God. So for her, she, you know, it was just basically kind of um, restoring her, building her up from being depleted, um, getting good circulation to her reproductive organs since she had been on the pill all that time. And so, how does acupuncture help with that? Well, the acupuncture meridians, whether mm-hmm. it's you're using acupressure, acupuncture, whatever, or even Qigong, many of them that circulate directly to the reproductive organs. So you can stimulate specific points to direct blood and energy flow to your uterus and to your ovaries. And then of course, there's other kind of uh, way adjunct ways that you're supporting that as well. So if, if you need like richer, nutrient rich blood, you need to build up the blood and you need to improve the digestions and you need to help balance hormones, then you would stimulate points in addition to that um, so that your body has the the material and energy it needs to deliver to your ovaries, your eggs, and your uterine lining. So you're kind of, you're, you're helping your body make and restore resources and then directing it to where they need to go. Got it. Nice. Thank you for that. And so you seem really passionate about this pressure point activation or acupressure. Is it as effective as acupuncture? You know, doing it like basically DIYing acupuncture at home by (laughs) pushing on the points. Is that as effective? It is. And in some cases, it's more effective because you can do it every single day. Mm Mm-hmm. So the way that Chinese medicine, there's, there's pros and cons to receiving an acupuncture treatment versus DIYing it. And I certainly am never like, oh, just do this instead of acupuncture. I obviously would never discourage anyone from seeing an acupuncturist. Everybody should in the world should get acupuncture, <laughs> whether you're trying to get pregnant or not, yes. you know, it's, it's great stuff. Oh, and yes. when you're receiving care from a trained professional, you have their objective, they can you know, they can guide the treatment, they're professionals, and you're also just receiving. And obviously, 
it's just a wonderful thing to receive and have somebody handle your case. Mm-hmm. So it's not really like an either or situation, but, um, but doing acupressure is awesome because you can do it every day. And the points are the same. So it is as effective, um, to stimulate them with your fingers. At least I see women in my program get as good of results, if not better. And then women that I've worked with clinically who have come to me for acupuncture and then also used my program in addition to it, they've gotten better results than if they did it just on their own. And originally in China, that's how acupuncture was used. It was used every single day when you had an ailment. Mm -hmm. So and it was also used as like the oh crap medicine. Like we use Western medicine as the oh crap medicine now. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, stuff is like got really bad and you know, like I need help. But back in the day in China, it was you were using Qigong and meditation and your diet on a daily basis to maintain your health. And then when things, you know, got out of hand, when there's something, you know, like yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah, then you would use acupuncture and herbs. Ah, pull out the big guns. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. That's so different. Yeah, and so, because now our big guns have to be like really, really big guns. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Okay, cool. So are there, I mean, are, are the points that help with fertility the same points that would help somebody with just having a healthy period? I assume the answer is yes, because it's the same thing. Healthy period yeah. equals fertility. Yeah, exactly. And these are points. I mean, are they something that you can describe over the podcast here, or is that scary and not appropriate? And people should look you up and not try this at home, folks. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, I can um, give a couple examples, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say just go and Google points and go for it. Um, Poke because with pens. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. Okay. I mean, like the the points that I teach are based on the the clinical protocols that I've used for 10 years and developed over 10 years on my patients. So there's specific protocols and, you know, some point and like they change throughout your cycle too. So there's different goals throughout the different phases in your cycle. You know, there's when you're in your period, the points are focusing on flushing out your uterus and, you know, to have like really good flow. So you're having an effective clean out, but then, you know, when it's the implantation phase, if you're trying to get pregnant, you, you have a fertilized embryo in there, then you're using different points to help to secure that embryo in place and, you know, have good circulation to the uterus and so forth. So there's different goals at different phases in the cycle. So that makes it a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. And then there are a couple points that are contraindicated if you are pregnant, but they're like excellent, you know, probably the most excellent fertility point that you could possibly do if there's like one point I would say it's like so great but then you don't want to use it during implantation or if you're pregnant you know it's it's a it's a bit more complicated than just oh you know like your forehead (laughs) yeah yeah okay cool got it okay now let's talk a little bit about digestion because you say that fertility and digestion are related which I feel ridiculous that I did not know that talk to me about this correlation Yeah. So digestion is pretty much, you know, the foundation of fertility and like most health issues really, Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. but I'll talk about it from a Chinese medicine perspective. Um, One key 
it's a role of the digestive energy. And in Chinese medicine, we refer to the digestive energy. We call it the spleen and the stomach, which is kind of weird. So yeah. there's like two organs. You've heard of this probably. Oh, so yeah. anyone who's like got acupuncture is probably familiar. But, you know, the spleen and oh, from a Western point of view, it has to do with immune function. So, um, so I just always call it digestive energy. So digestive energy from a Chinese medicine perspective is responsible for not only transforming food into, you know, energy and blood, like healthy blood. So not just, you know, it's not just a matter of do you have enough blood in your body, like how many pints of blood, or are you anemic or not anemic, but um, other qualities that show that your blood is really nutrient rich and nourishing your body the way that it should be like your hair being your, your hair not dry or and not thinning um, if you had dry eyes or dry skin or dry lips or brittle nails, these would all be signs like a blood deficiency. So we measure things from the symptoms that your body is showing rather than necessarily like black and white diagnostic tests. So your your digestion is responsible for transforming the food that you eat into nutrient-rich blood and chi for your body. So without this blood and chi, and chi is the life force and energy, I mean, you're going to have problems. <laughs> and mm-hmm if you're deficient in either one of those and they can affect your fertility. If you don't have enough blood nourishing your eggs and nourishing your uterine lining, you're going to have fertility issues. You also need like the, these material building blocks to build hormones and so forth. So it's not just about what you put into your body, but it's also your about your body's ability to assimilate that yep. nutrition. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women experience that, right? They like eat all the right things, but then they're just like their condition's still not necessarily improving. They're like, what the heck? Yeah, a lot of people say, you know, you're not what you eat, you're what you digest or what you assimilate. <laughs> Ooh, I've never heard that oh, before. Yeah. yeah. You can take it. Run with it. So, so, you know, what's the Chinese medicine approach to eating for fertility purposes? For one thing with Chinese medicine, probably like the biggest point that I'm always educating people on is eating about 75% of your vegetables cooked and 25% uncooked. Because here in the West, we are like, we think that salads are the healthiest thing ever. And then on top of that, there was like the raw food movement. That's not quite as trendy as it was. Yep. (laughs) So all of that cold and raw foliage is really difficult to digest. So in Chinese medicine, we look at digestion as like a, a fire underneath a pot and your pot is the stomach. And then for your digestive energy, like maybe say your en- digestive enzymes or what have you, is the fire underneath that. So if you're putting a lot of cold things or damp things like dairy, sugar, or raw things in that pot, then it just takes a lot more of that fire, mm-hmm. that digestive energy to break it down and assimilate it so the fire gets weak. And then um, when the fire gets weak, then it leaves residual fluids and undigested particles that can result in you know, you have, it's harder to absorb that nutrition. And then you might also have phlegm or, or, Uh you know, inflammation and these other issues. And then also when that fire gets weak and how it can affect fertility is that it's then going to need to draw energy from your backup fire, which is basically the fire needed for your reproductive energy. That's like your life force energy, your life force batteries, and they're there to fuel reproduction and, and longevity and so forth. 
But if it's like, oops, survival, we need to digest, it's going to end the digestive energy is weak, it's going to drain that like life force energy that's needed for reproduction. So that's, that's why it's also really crucial to be good to your digestion. That makes so much sense. Yeah, don't st- – just trying to make a baby, trying to become healthy enough to make a baby. Don't spend that energy digesting stupid salad. <laughs> That's how I should change my, my speech. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> but people love salad. So. I'm like not a big fan of salad, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. For me, I've never been a huge fan either. It just doesn't – I don't feel great after. Oh, and that's probably why, because you're probably tired oh, because yeah. it's creating a just lot like of energy gosh. to break it down. And it's just cold. Like you said, it's cold. It's just like unsatisfying. I feel like, you know, if you put quinoa in it or, you know, mm-hmm. avocado or like little goat cheese, or you need some stuff to like give it girth in order to make it <laughs> satisfying. Sweet potato. Salads are a lot of work to eat too. It's yeah. like, like all those leaves. Goddamn leaves. <laughs> Cool. That, well, that makes a lot of sense. And another principle of Chinese medicine philosophy for eating healthfully for fertility purposes, I know, is to eat like a warm breakfast every day, correct? Yep. Yep. And that's for pretty much the same, same reason. Reason. Yeah. Except, you know, in the, and this is across the board, I think everybody knows that your, you know, breakfast is the best meal, the most important meal of the day. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, you know, there's a circadian rhythm where each of your organ systems is peaking at a certain time of the day. And in the morning, it's peaking in the digestive area. So you want to, you know, take advantage of that. And if you're not eating, um, if you're skipping breakfast, or you're having a breakfast that's taxing for your body to digest, then you're, you're, again, you're like, you're weakening that energy. So, Mm -hmm. yep. Well, the common theme here throughout this entire convo is that you really just want to strengthen your body's inner health. I mean, obviously, this isn't like like no shit, Talia, right? Like that's what this whole thing is all about in general. But it's true for fertility as well. You want to have you want to strengthen your body's ability to have a healthy period so that you can have a healthy pregnancy. Bottom line, end of story. And acupuncture and other Chinese medicine modalities can really help bring your body to great balance and strength. Couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. If somebody's listening, because you've said that you can actually improve your uterine lining in 48 hours, right? Well, what's the deal with that? What What is something that somebody could do in 48 hours to give themselves a little nudge in the right uterus direction? <laughs> <laughs> in the right uterus direction. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I think you're you're referring to a blog post I have on that because a lot of women who are about to go through like a, they're doing IVF and they're having an embryo transfer and they're like, oh, it's got to stick. I really need, and my doctor said my uterine lining's too thin. Like, yeah, I got to get it up in a crunch. Yeah, and you say you can do it in forty eight um, hours. Forty eight hours to a fresh uterine lining. <laughs> I just thought this like commercial, like 48 hours like, working on the screen. Five <laughs> yeah. payments of nine ninety nine, <laughs> And we'll throw in a, yeah. a couple um, golden ovaries while we're at it. <laughs> oh um, bone broth actually is a really good, good one. Yeah, yeah I definitely say, well, besides the general dietary recommendations that we just went over and I encourage women to have soups and stews because it's they're warm you can put a lot of nutrients in them and you know they're easy to digest so that your body's able to like make fresh blood um 
and chi have that available for your uterine lining. And then, um, of course, acupressure so that you can stimulate um, or acupuncture so that you can stimulate um, the circulation directly to your uterus. And then bone broth is so protein rich. Um, it's also in Chinese medicine, the bone it's considered like what we would call Jing. It's kind of like life force essence. And you're, it's just really replenishing for the body, like the best material possible to work with to build fresh blood cells. Every time you say fresh blood, it, it, I'm having like true blood flashes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called, right? Yeah, true I never blood? thought about yeah. that. Like, <laughs> I know, you're like, fresh blood. The amount I see fresh kill. Weirdo. <laughs> No, it's your it's your line of work. You are in the fresh blood business. <laughs> so bone broth, it makes the sense. First time that's ever been pointed out to me. Yes. What if you're what if you don't eat bones? Well, you don't eat the bones. Well, I just know, I, you know what I mean. What if what if you're not into bones in general? What if you're vegetarian? Um, if you're vegetarian, there's actually there's this great um recipe. It's um if you Google magic mineral broth. It's a vegetarian version, so it's just like a very mineral-rich yeah. broth that like I would recommend. and stuff? Yeah. Uh, mm. And lots of veggies. Yum. Yeah, I mean, I wish I totally it's, – it's hard because I do recommend eating meat, and red meat's actually really good in terms of fertility and fresh blood <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, bone broth, but I'm actually um, – you know, I really support vegetarianism. I like, you know, I'm like, oh, we shouldn't eat red meat for environmental reasons and uh-huh. this reason and that reason. So interesting. But, You're a little stuck in a pickle there. Got yeah. it. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, a lot of women, myself kind of included, ignore their fertility until they're trying to become pregnant. I mean, I'm not trying uh-huh. to become pregnant, but I, I'm not really thinking about it even now. Is that bad? Is is it neutral? Is it not good? What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts would be to just pay attention to your cycle and strive for having a healthy cycle. And if you ha- uh-huh. have any cycle issues, then you would want to address those for a couple of reasons. One, because you're going to be happier and healthier if you have a healthy cycle, whether you ever have a kid or not, whether you ever want a kid or not, you know, uh-huh. um, because it, like, if our cycles are off and our hormones are off, we're miserable as women, usually, you know, like it, it affects all areas of our life. And if we have a healthy cycle, we're just happier and healthier in general. And it's not only for the sake of being fertile, but also, you know, for long term health, you know, for going through menopause and, and if, you know, it affects how well you can sleep and all. So I think no matter whether you're trying to conceive or not, hormonal health should be a primary goal for women. That's a really and as good long answer. as you're focusing on that, if and when you're ready to try to have a yeah. baby, you'll already be ahead of the game. And then you won't, because it, it's, you would prefer to not have to, it's so common now, yeah. fertility issues are so common and it's not a fun road to have to go, to go, no. go down, you know? Totally. Oh my God. That was such a good answer. Perfect little way to put a period, <laughs> a period. Oh my God. Amazing. Ah. A period <laughs> at the end of the chat. Amazing. I love it. Okay. My final planty questions for you. What is your favorite plant to eat? Oh, my favorite plant to eat. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> Love that this stumped I mean, you. Probably avocado. Nice. Does that, does that count? It absolutely counts. What's your favorite way to enjoy it? 
Uh, well, I call them avocado smashers and just smash the avocado on a piece of toast and put whatever on top of it. Nice. Brilliant. Avocado smashers. There you go. What's your favorite planty <laughs> restaurant? I'm sure in San Diego, you've got lots to choose from. My favorite planty restaurant? Yeah. Great place to get veggies. Okay. Well, there's a place called, it's called People's Food Co-op. It's in this area that I used to live called Ocean Beach. And it's like a little hippie beach community. And they have a deli there and they always have awesome hot dishes and, and soups and salads and stuff. So, yeah. Sounds cute. It That's is. Pretty really granola y, it sounds like. <laughs> It is very, very granola. <laughs> yeah. So what is your favorite thing that you do for self-care? My favorite thing is uh, probably um, just walking my dog. And I bought 11 acres of land in rural San Diego. And I have been wow. having a house built. And it's almost done now. Oh, my so God. It's amazing. I love just like watching birds. <laughs> that's my thing. I like watching ravens and different birds and different. It's like life. Oh, is you're just like a birder. A Isn't that a thing? A birder? I don't know, but I I probably feel like I am that. Or I'm yeah, you definitely that. are turning it or are that. On our honeymoon, we <laughs> went on a safari, and two of the people in our like safari jeep were birders. Or there might be a different name than what birder but it was some funny name like that they were obsessed we had to stop I didn't give a shit about the birds I'm like here for the lions and the you know the cheetahs and they're like no there's a bird in that tree take out the binoculars and I'm like can you stop I see a wild dog can we go chase that please so you birders you're a mystery to me (laughs) I don't know if I'm quite reached that level where I'd be like like on safari in that case, that would make everyone stop. But I may be well on my way. We'll see. <laughs> that's awesome. So what is a book that's really inspired you in some awesome way? Oh, gosh. I'm terrible at these questions. I know. These quick fire. You're getting very nervous. Yeah. Like, I okay. am. When, You've when got people... this. I'm just asking for a book that you oh, like. Oh, yeah. I got this. Okay. This book has been life-changing for me. Um, actually, I don't know. It's so hard to think of this. But um. It's uh, it's called the presence process, Ooh. and it's actually a process. More than it, it's not just a book that you passively read. Um, you 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 follow. It's like exercises. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's it's a way to be present in your life. Um, I don't. If you've ever read any Eckhart Tolle, it's kind of like the manual to actually put into practice because you're like, yeah, totally. Like Eckhart Tolle, that totally makes sense. Be in the mm. present moment of your pain bodies but then in actuality you're like I know this is a pain body but I don't know how to not let it take over my body and I want to you know like um, feel like I'm gonna freak out uh-huh. so it's, it's bridging the it's, gap between the philosophical yeah. idea and like how do I apply this to my real life exactly nice cool the, what's it yeah. called the presence the presence process process a pretty straightforward name <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, that's exactly what it is. Awesome. <laughs> Essence process. And where can everyone stay connected to you? I mean, the course that you were talking about, I know if someone lives in San Diego, they can look you up and hit you up with for some needle assistance. But the course you're talking about, I assume it's an online course. And is it just for people that are trying to get pregnant or are pregnant and in that journey? Or is it for people that are really just wanting a healthier period? It is 
marketed and uh, for women that are trying to get pregnant and obviously has, you know, specific support for that goal. But you could absolutely use the program if you're wanting to just balance your cycle and have a healthy cycle. And I have women who go through it for that purpose, but it's very fertility focused in terms of the, the support that you're getting. And, um, but yeah, it's an online program. So it's a DIY program. And then you can also sign up and get, um, like a weekly coaching calls, group coaching calls and so forth. Cool. So you know how to tailor it for your, your needs. Amazing. And where can everybody find out about that? They can find out from my website. It's called Fertility Activation Method, but my website is just HeidiBrockmeyer.com. And so you can learn about the program there. And there's also a couple of freebies. There's a free masterclass you can sign up for about becoming more fertile and then Perfect. like a fertility activation checklist. But again, it's like you said, anything to make you more fertile is also about making your cycle healthier. So the two go hand in hand. That's my biggest takeaway from this chat is I didn't know that prior to the chat. Really? I mean, I should have, it seems like obvious now, but I guess because the words are different, like fertility seems like its own land, Sure, but it yeah. makes so much sense. And I think I'm so glad that you've enlightened me and everybody else listening that listen, you know, a healthy period equals healthy fertility and, and, you know, vice versa. It's the same thing. So, um, everybody, not just those wanting to become pregnant should be focusing kind of on their fertility then if you look at it that way. So awesome. Thank you. Totally. Yep. Woohoo. Well, thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> I, I loved connecting with you and it was super helpful. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I hope you're feeling like you've got the tools to have healthier periods, period. I'm sure you have a gal pal with whom your cycle is synced, right? Or with whom you bitch and moan and cancel plans without any judgment whatsoever whenever your monthly cycle comes around? Well, please share this episode with her. You can find a recap of this chat plus other stuff from moi that makes healthy living not suck a mundo over at partyinmyplants.com slash 145.